Hey there, Locked On ACC fans. It is Friday, which means we got my main man, Drake, on. For those of you who were here for the original iteration of this show, he was the guy that was talking the bad beats, the bets that'll make you sweat, the bets that'll make you lose your house, and all the things in between. But we have him back to talk Florida State because I told the Florida State fans, we were going to give you your own special day since everybody swears we don't like them, we don't appreciate them and whatnot. And Drake shares those sentiments a little bit about us disrespecting Florida State. So that's why I brought him on today to make the case for Florida State. How you doing, Drake? Canton, it's been way, way too damn long. It is great Absolutely. to be back. I miss you. You look good, by the way. You've been working. I look at you know, a little svelte, a little tightening up. I mean, you look I good, appreciate dude. it, man. I pre- you know I'm down a little bit of weight, man. I- I've been I've been in the gym grinding, waking up super early, but – you're right. It has been too long, and we shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. Step to. Never mind. We're not going to do that right now. But we are going to get into all things Florida State on today's episode of Locked On ACC. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ooh, I missed that sound. I missed that intro music. Listen, listen, listen. (laughs) Me and Drake were just having to dance off off camera, but don't worry about it. I totally whipped this behind. But that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Um, Drake, I brought you on today to talk, of course, on the field stuff first, because that has to be talked about. But also, we got to get into FSU's place in conference realignment. But before we talk about those things, I've got to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now, let's get into the ball. Let's talk about it because this is the highest that FSU has been ranked in preseason since Jimbo, right? Mm-hmm. And this is we all know how the the Jimbo uh, the Jimbo Fisher and his tenure at Florida State kind of ended there with the highs of a national championship, the lows of an absolute embarrassment uh, against Bama. But with that being said. This team, in at least in the preseason polls, is ahead of Clemson. And while Clemson, as far as ACC media, is the favorite to win the ACC, amongst national media, Florida State is the favorite. I want you to make your case for why that makes sense. So for me personally looking at it, you have to look at the totality of the teams that are in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. With Florida State, offensively and defensively, they return a plethora and majority of their starters, even though the one glaring weakness, which I feel probably – bring up later is that Jamie Robinson is now in the NFL. But right. not only on offense have you retained almost everybody except for Trayshawn Ward who went over to Kansas State. You have added pieces like a Kazai Holm from Penn State who the only reason why he's not playing at Penn State is their number one running back is probably a first round pick. And then also Keon Coleman, the Michigan State wide receiver transfer coming in who from all accounts is going to be a dog. And pairing him with that speed with proven production already with a Johnny Wilson, with a Winston Wright who didn't play last year from West Virginia, this is a team dynamically that you're not going to be able to keep up with offensively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, I it's very interesting that all the pieces you talked about, the Heisman hopeful, the, the guy that, you know, is said to be, I mean, let's just be honest, he's got to be the field general. With all the talent around him, his job is going to be to get folks the ball. How confident are you in Jordan Travis? Much more than last year. And I think last year, I think myself, you, and Candace talked about it where 
I was not the biggest fan of JT13 coming into last year, primarily mm-hmm. because you you, st- you saw a lot of the, was he going to run or was he going to throw the ball? And even he kind of didn't know that yet. But then over the progression you see over all the course entire last year was that he actually was able to make those smart decisions. Make those like, okay, I'm going to commit to one, one or the other. And also mechanically, he did fine tweaking the small little things here and there. It's like a, a pitcher in baseball where you know they have a talent. You know how elite they are. They have the stuff. But can they fine tune a spot here in the delivery, or can they, you know, tunnel the pitch correctly to kind of deceive a to deceive a opposing hit, uh, hitter? With yeah. Jordan, he's able to deceive defenses with every single move he makes. He's the only one that like RPO with himself in this league at this moment. And to me, all he has to do, he has the weapons around him, and he showed him last year with, under Mike Novell, and that's going to be his fourth season with him. Not a lot mm-hmm. of quarterbacks out there have four years with their main you know, play caller, and to me, that's going to be what sets him apart from everybody else. So you're saying that if he was a pitcher, his sinker just wasn't sinking right last year. It just it didn't have a movement on it, not the rotation. Not only that, I can tell you, the slider didn't fall off the table as it should have. But last year, he got it. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. I like it. We're versatile guys here on Locked on ACC. We're classy and versatile guys on Locked on ACC. So with that being said, you've talked a lot about the offense. And with all due respect, if you're going to be a top 10 team in the nation, Mm-hmm. You cannot be one side of the ball is, is backpacking the other because we've seen with a certain school that wears baby blue, that generally doesn't work out well for you. So talk to me about this defense and why you say, hey, not only do we have an offense filled with dogs, this defense is also prepared to take that step and be elite. I mean, you say the same thing about USC because Caleb Williams can't do everything by himself. But I digress. Pac-12, you know, adios. But with the defense overall, you look to the trenches. You look at the big man, which I know you're a big fan of as you played that position before. Absolutely. Garrett Verse, fully back, fully healthy. Fabian Lovett in his third season with the team is someone to really watch out for. Like, this is going to be his money because, you know, to the NFL, he he forego millions and millions of dollars or forego a higher draft pick to come back. We also bring in Braden Fisk, who was one of the kind of the underrated top-of-line defensive tackle prospects from Western Michigan. And then you have an emerging star, in Patrick Payton on the other side. Rotationally, you have a Malcolm Ray. The defensive line is stacked. And the defensive backs, which is going to be probably my X factor for the year, even though we do call ourselves DBU appropriately. Mm-hmm. Last year, I think you pointed out when you were on our old show that the defensive backs don't know how to play the ball ext- very, very well at all. It's like, oh, are you going to turn around, find out, figure out where the ball is? With yeah. Patrick Sertain now in the fold, who helped helm a Dolphin secondary that was very elite, and also with a Cater Co, who was an emerging star. You, you hear reports of practice where Azaria Thomas is playing well. Akeem Dent is blossoming in his next role. Shaheem Brown is, is doing the best and also probably could be able to fill the fill the hole left by Jamie Robinson. So from top to bottom, this team defensively is elite, but the defensive line is something that you're going to be hearing a lot on Saturdays. I Until Coach Higgins decides to be done with that thing, y'all <laughs> defensive line is always going to be amazing. I mean mm-hmm. – of, of all, I believe, and I, I could be incorrect here, but I'm fairly certain that he is the longest tenured um, actual position coach or higher in all of uh, the Power Five and FBS football. That is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. The man's been doing defense, specifically coaching defensive linemen at Florida State since before you or I were alive. And all that at a, at a top tier level too. There yeah. were reports that Saban yeah. wanted to bring him from you know over to Alabama, and it's like he's just been at FSU. He played there. He was a grass assistant there. He's been there since I want to say like you were saying the late '80s, early '90s, and that's mm-hmm. someone that if 
you can bank on one thing FSB every single year, you're going to have a talented and also productive defensive line. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so with, with that being said, I, I want to ask you this. Okay. In order to be the man, you got to beat the man. Beat the man. Mm-hmm. You got to slay the dragon, right? In, in the words of Alice in Wonderland, beware the Jabber snatch, right? You, you got to, the, the Jabberwocky, the Bandersnatch, the, all of the things, right? Mm-hmm. At this point in time, the command for Florida State is to beat Clemson. Last time they beat Clemson, Maze Runner was the top movie in America. With that, The first one, by the way, the first Maze Runner was the top movie in America. Why will this year be different? Because I think you kind of saw, I said this, I think, two years ago. That game with Justin Fields, and you saw kind of saw how Dabo's like empire was finally crumbling when Tony Elliott wasn't calling the plays, and Dabo was trying to call the plays as best as he can. And now he brings in uh, Lincoln Riley's little brother Garrett Riley uh, from TCU, who's a very he's a really really damn good offensive coordinator. But it's going to be hard for a QB to learn two different systems in the span of basically only two years. And with Kate Klubnik, I think he's extremely talented, but we're seeing more and more now. You don't have that sheer fire. Um, elite or top tier quarterback until maybe year two or year three isn't the same you know johnny manzel is coming in you know year one james winston year one marcus Mariota, the same thing you don't have that really that much anymore or, or t law t luck you know you could throw them in discussion as well but Absolutely. To, but to me i think talent wise this is the year that fsu should be able to get over the hunt because not only do they have a talent but they've been playing with each other for the past three to four seasons and they've been in the, under the same scheme whereas clemson as a, a first-year new offensive coordinator and only the second year for the defensive coordinators. So to me, that's kind of where the difference is. And for the wide receivers for, for Clemson, who exactly scares you on the outside? Well, Shipley, really elite running back. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But offensively, who do you actually are scared of on that Clemson team? Ooh, okay. All right. And, and I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. In Clemson's defense, mm-hmm. I really hate this. I really hate to say this. As much as Dabo talks about nobody likes us, nobody wants us at the party with the redhead stepchild, it finally feels like he can go to his team and say, see, see, somebody never liked you. They never liked you. Yeah, you were never their friend. You were never that girl. It was never going to be you. And so, you know, that is a moment where I'm looking up and I'm saying, man, to to give him that, uh, I absolutely hate it because, I mean, again, he was technically, it, it does look like, they were waiting to be dethroned. But we've we've talked about the on the field. We're going to get to the off the field, the realignment, the who needs more money, how they need more money, all that good stuff, right after a quick word from our sponsors. Folks, today's episode, as I mentioned before, is brought to you by Game Time. When it comes to buying tickets to last-minute events, it shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With absolutely killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it because the tickets are going to be there and you can get hyped for the fun you're going to have. Just browse through the Game Time app and go ahead and, and get your tickets, whether it be an event in PNC Arena, whether it be a, a, a an event in Madison Square Garden, it does not matter. It is always going to be on game time. Trust me, this is the, this is the place for your last-minute ticket deals. If you forget 
planning months in ahead. I'm, I know I do. I'm a last minute guy. I fly by the seat of my pants sometimes, but I deal with it. I live with it. And game time helps me because they have the deals on the tickets right up to the day of the events. So you snag your tickets with snag your tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem the code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here with my man, Drake. We just talked the on the field of why Florida State is special, why Florida State has got it and all that. And and so now we've got to talk about the part where, you know, this is the part that had Florida State fans most irate at us is the discussion along realignment kind of help walk us through this from Florida State's vantage point. Help me in terms of of why, you know, this doesn't make sense for Florida State and and what else it is that they need and why they're rightfully needing these things or demanding these things, rather. Well, I mean, we built the conference. Mm. And I mean that from a football standpoint. I mean, since Florida State has been here since the early 90s, it's primarily most of the winners of the conference have been ourselves. Clemson, you have a Wake Forest, you know, win one here and there. Pittsburgh, Pitt, I think, has like two or three overall, like actually from the past 30 years since we've joined. Mm-hmm. So primarily branding-wise, Florida State was brought in because ACC was looked at only as a basketball conference. Mainly, you know, you have, a, you have Duke, you have UNC. Those are your blue bloods for that sport. In football, you really didn't have much of that because I think Pitt's only championships were, what, pre-1950, I think, yeah, was when, it, when, when those occurred. It's and then Wake Forest has been, a, you know, is a younger, you know, school, old, uh, younger school. So I think that's more what the gripe is, is that branding wise, people know the FSU name, the FSU colors, the FSU logo and FSU players, whether it be Charlie Ward, who he didn't even play in the NFL, but he still yeah. won the Heisman play for the Knicks. Then you have Deion Sanders, who is now the head coach over at Colorado. So to me, branding wise, but we ain't going to talk about that right now. What would you say? What would you say? Oh, I, I said that might have been a mistake by all parties, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah, we 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 we, 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 we can talk about that. But overall, <laughs> but, oh, but overall, branding-wise, we have brought eyes, revenue, and money, which are three of the most important things if you want for TV deals and moving mm-hmm. forward, especially in this new era called football, that quite frankly, with this shared revenue the way it's been set out, I understand the main gripe, which, which you know, I kind of agree with. It's like, you know, so for, since 2017, we have been, you know, underperforming we haven't been hitting mid. the standard mid is mid. the word you're looking for no nah, we've been 50 we've been 50 shades of pure adulterated ass bro that's what <laughs> we've been until last season but if you look at the entirety of us in the acc yeah. we have been nothing short of dominant and yeah. i'm sorry you no offense to miami fans because i know you guys have missed me talking about this you guys got brought in in what 2004 2005 you made one conference championship appearance and you scored three points i mean Listen, you're barking up the wrong tree when it comes to um, uh, who, who should be hating on this. You know, I mean, hey, Ray Lewis every day walking through that door. Bernie Kozar ain't walking through that door. Jimmy Johnson in that perfectly manicured head of hair of his. Yeah, ain't walking hair. through that door. Great hair. Ain't walking hair. Door. Right? I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. You know, he still got hair well in his 70s. Here I am. Not even 30 yet. All of it's gone. But, um, you know, I understand that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, that, and here's the thing. I actually agree with you. If you've seen the talks that Candace and I've had, I have stated all along, 
you cannot talk about their production in terms of recent production or production overall because it's never about the actual production. As we talked about off air, the Longhorn Network was started after Mac Brown, correct? Mm, yes, I believe so. I think it's right after. I think that was the main reason why. Okay. With that being said, the actual, the Longhorns have not pissed a drop since then, have done nothing. And yet the, the, the channel is just coming to an end. The channel that got all of this nonsense of realignment started is just now about to come to an end at mm-hmm. this point. And so with that being said, you know, I, the one gripe that I have had with Florida State that I've talked about repetitively, the way in which they're coming out about this is has not been the way of like, I'm handling big business here. I'm handling, mm-hmm. let's just be very real about this. The exit ticket is hundreds of millions of dollars, estimated to be between 300 and five, half a billion dollars. Yeah, I And think to, so. to have a live stream where there are members of the board saying, well, we need to leave this year. We need to be ready to go. Come on. Come on now. Knock it off. See, me and my personal opinion, I told Kansas last year, I think the you know the wheels have been turning to leave the conference since, what was last year, 2022, so since 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the most moment Michael Offer kind of came in with it, kind of sped it up a little bit more. Um, in my personal opinion with that, I always was of the belief that Florida State would leave the conference after 2026 because if you saw the, was it the schedule drop? Uh, from mm-hmm. last season when we became divisionless football, that's where it ended right there. And to me, when it comes to the money thing, I mean, sure. I mean, the contract says if you want to terminate this and you want to leave, you're going to have to pay a punishment of about 300 to $500 million. But the thing is, you have to look at the opportunity cost, right? And right. basically saying like, okay, how much money if I leave, am I going to am I gonna be able to offset that if I go over to the Big Ten with their new TV deal when they're giving these teams almost $60, $75 million per team per school? Right. Or the SEC, I think going as I think uh, like a little less, I think is forty-five to fifty. And then, am I able to pay offset that payment when I leave? You know, with the extra money I'm actually getting from the new conference. And then also, how much money is the, are the schools not only FSU, but you know, UNC has been heard about it, Clemson, Miami. Are they willing to spend in legal fees? And how much are they willing to go to war with each other with the with the ACC to see who's got more money, who got deeper pockets, actually, you know, to litigate this because it will be probably a little bit cheaper. And the punishment, but that as also a very, very valid tactic, especially in the legal field. Absolutely. But here's and, and here's my only problem with that. Mm-hmm. The reality of this thing is, as I have said multiple times, because Florida State fans, y'all are a proud bunch. I'll say that to keep it nice and kind. Y'all are a very proud bunch. And so I've been told the grant of rights doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I've been told that the financials of the grant of rights doesn't matter. If Florida State wants to leave, they'll leave. And I'm sitting here saying everybody saw the live stream, or at least we saw the highlights of it from the meeting, from the board meeting and all that. We right? Am I am I incorrect there? Like that meant, meant something to most of the conference. Hey, Drew Weatherford was there. I saw that. I was like, damn, I remember until my first FSU tailgate. I remember, I remember this guy. I saw and 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 so my point is this: if they wanted to leave and they could, they would have done so already. Uh-huh. There is something whether you want to acknowledge it or not, that is holding FSU in place. My personal opinion is that you're going to struggle when there is literally a thing called the student debt crises, or crisis rather, Mm -hmm. not crises, that's a plural, crisis, to say, hey, by the way, we have half a billion dollars to drop out of our coffers, but you still got to pay your 30,000 to go here. 
What are you doing, kid? You're going to have a problem doing that, even though we, you and I both know the finance of this thing. We know those monies are coming from separate places. Mm -hmm. You're still going to have a, a bad time with those optics alone of like, wait, us regular students are paying thousands and thousands. And meanwhile, y'all have hundreds of millions to dump off to get out of a contract. And here's my second point. Here's my second point. The second one is we saw what happened with Maryland. Florida State will end up another Maryland if they if they do this this year or if they did this in the near future. And this is why I say this. I understand Florida State is a much bigger brand than Maryland. But if you leave the conference, even if you pay the exit fee, you still don't own the rights to your home games. So you will not be bought into the Big Ten or the SEC as a full member off that. You'll be bought in on a partial deal where it's like, oh, okay, well, the ACC was only paying us 35 to 40. And the Big Ten is going to pay us 60 when we become four members. But for the next few years, we still owe the ACC. So we're going to get a reduced of, let's say they get, let's say 60%. 60% of, of 60 million, you're looking at uh, what? 15 million is is uh, 25%. So you're looking at a, a little over 30, which is basically mm -hmm. what you'd be getting anyway. Mm -hmm. And you have to pay the four. Like to me, the math just doesn't math unless I'm missing something major. I think that, I mean, I think that's where, like, granted, like, I didn't agree with the live stream thing because I do agree with you in some respect where, like, it's, I, I'm an attorney, for, for those of you that don't know. I don't like, you know, basically like, kind of pumping your chest and being your chest until you actually mm -hmm. have something, like, you know, you're ready to go for. And, I, and I'm pretty sure we do. And the I agree with you, the math is not mathing. That's why I think there's attorneys smarter than me, also right. that have billable rates much higher than mine, that definitely have something in the works with overall with it. Because to me, I think the most sound thing to do with here is simply if we do leave, I think you go through a war of attrition when it comes to basically kind of who's going to blink first when it comes to litigation wise. Because that is something that I've seen time and time again with a lot of contract clients, especially when it's a breach of contract kind of situation. Even though to me, there is definitely something here, but I, I'm just, we're trying, you know, I'm with you kind of a little bit where we're trying to figure it out because this isn't as simple as an easy fix of, you know, we can leave tomorrow, we can leave today. I think we can leave. To me, you look at every single contract, like, you know, there's always a way out of a contract. But right. it's more like, are you willing to pay the price to get out of that contract? And also, have you read the fine print of it or actually be able to live around and circumvent the contract? Because it is possible. But like I said, it's something that we need to learn a little bit more. And we're probably going to hear about it probably, in my personal opinion, you hear something on this probably by January or February after season's over. And to me, that's, we're not going to leave next season. I personally, like I said, we're going to leave after 2025, maybe heading into 2026. Yeah. And, and here's my thing. I have always said when asked about this, I said, there's probably going to be a team to leave early. It's probably going to be Florida State or Clemson. But even then, I doubt that they're leaving 10 years out from when the contract is coming due. That is insane. Mm -hmm. The amount of money that you're going to have to pay, because like you said, there's always an out for every contract. But that out normally comes with a lot of Benjamins. Mm -hmm. Normally comes with a lot of Jacksons. Normally comes with more Abraham Lincolns than you could possibly hold in one building all together. Okay. So, you know, that's that's just my thought there. We're about to land this thing after a quick word from our sponsors. So, folks, I want to remind you that this is only part one. We have, again... Florida State fans, because y'all feel like we hate you in the way that we do, and because I acknowledge reality, Drake and I have not disagreed at all on the fact that Florida State had, they're the biggest brand. So you're going to get two episodes where we bring on multiple Florida State folks to come on and talk about these things. 
But Drake, it has been great having you on, brother. Like you said, it's been much too long. And you know, I'm a, in, in the words of Travis Scott, I'm gonna pick up the phone, baby. I'm gonna call you. Come on, baby. We're gonna yeah. make it happen. We're gonna make there it happen go. some more this season. All right. Uh listen, man, it was great being on. You know, I miss this a lot. I miss seeing you guys all the time. And Ken, just missing your beautiful face, just you know, across the I way from it. me. Or like, listen, like if we ever come back, I'm definitely gonna be getting hitting you up for a uh for an NC State preview, even though I don't think we play y'all this season, which thank God yeah. we don't play y'all and we don't yeah. go Carter Finley because that's uh <laughs> oh man. But, but you know what? But you know what? At ACC Media Days, Jordan Travis said that that play made him a better quarterback. So if y'all end up winning the mm-hmm. national championship this year, y'all can thank us. Y'all can send our check in the mail. You can send the check to me personally. I'll make sure. Just make it uh cashable to me, and I'll make sure that it, it gets to their hands. I'll make sure the money. Yes, NC State. No, give it to Thayer Thomas. That man has been haunting my dreams for the past two. Thank God he's gone, but that man was haunting my dreams. Like, like, why is that president of the Glee Club is running this route? Oh my God, he's passing a great hands. You know, he's he's sneaky athletic, as they say. Oh yeah, he's real gritty, real student of the game. He plays the game the right way. Plays the game the right way. Anywho, thank you all so very much for coming out, ACC fans. Like I said. And again, if you're not a Florida State fan, I'm sorry, but we got to give them their two episodes. We got to do all that good stuff. And don't worry, we are bringing on more folks from everybody's team. We got a a Virginia episode with UVA and Virginia Tech coming up as well. We are getting all of the states that have multiple teams. We're making sure that your teams are represented and talked about on Locked on ACC. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. If you're not on YouTube, leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to us and get on YouTube, okay? Wherever you're listening to this, you can probably get access to YouTube, all right? Thank y'all so very much. Until next time, folks. 12-0, baby. Miami.